Of course we're still talking about the Otani contract. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who's been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now. And I'm, I'm looking forward to starting my sixth year as a host here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. And if you're listening to us every single day and if you were my regular listeners if you're going to post something on twitter or on instagram or whatever or whatever twitter is called anymore make sure to put that hashtag everyday sully i want to see my everyday sully listeners out there follow us on uh, it's twitter all right that's what if i said x you wouldn't know what i'm talking about follow us on twitter at locked on mlb pods uh and same handle for instagram which i don't think has changed its name uh, I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. I'll tell you something we're going to do today. We are going to be talking a little bit about the uh, the Otani contract um, and a couple of new wrinkles about it. Keeps getting stranger. And I'm also going to be reading a lot of your comments that have been posted on YouTube, posted on Twitter, posted on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to read a whole bunch of those. Um, Dodger fans are coming at me and saying that I have sour grapes, even though I have said multiple times I would like to see the Dodgers win the World Series. In fact, I want them very badly to win the World Series or at least get to the World Series in 2023 because I wanted to attend the games. This is kind of like, you know, Dodger fans, you're getting dangerously close to becoming like Astro fans and their wannabe martyr complex that they've had recently. And the Astro fans were coming at me saying, oh, I just hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I was like, yeah, I, I rooted for the Astros to win the 2021 and 2022 World Series. So it's very hard to say that I have blanketed uh, unreasonable hatred for a team and root for them to win the World Series. It's you, you can't you can't do both. Hey, uh, let, well, let's just get going here on answering yesterday's trivia question with deferred money. Everyone always brings up Bobby Bonilla, which was uh, I you can prove was a good deal for the Mets. Yes, the Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla a million dollars a year, whatnot. It freed up some money for the Mets to put together the team that would ultimately go to the world series in 2000. So it was, it was a good, it was a good move. He was traded. And I said, who was he traded to and who was involved back in the trade? Uh, Chev Chilios, who has become one of my everyday Sully listeners says that Benio was traded to Baltimore. He was indeed. I only know that because Alex Ochoa was involved in the deal. Uh, And big John eight, eight, six, five on a YouTube uh, says that it was Damon Buford and Alex Ochoa. So you got it both right. And Big John also pointed out the fact that he was, uh, Bonilla was briefly 
he was involved in the the Piazza trade tangentially. He was traded from the Marlins to the LA Dodgers. I bet you forgot that Bonilla was on the Dodgers in the trade that sent Mike Piazza from the Dodgers to the Marlins. Everyone knew that he was only going to be in the Marlins temporarily. He only played like a week there before he was traded to the Mets and his career changed and he became one of the greatest Mets of all time instead of becoming the greatest offensive Dodger in baseball history. So there you go. That's the answer to your trivia question. Oh, by the way, I also need to bring up a, uh, a fact that I made a mistake. I made an error uh, and a couple people pointed it out uh, in the uh, episode that I did with Miller Thomas. I made a mistake when the Alex Rodriguez trade took place between the Red Sox and the Rangers. The, the wild three-team trade that would have sent A-Rod to Boston, would have sent Magli Ordonez to Boston, would have sent Manny Ramirez. I think it was that Ramirez would end up in the Rangers. I think Garcia Parr would end up with the Chicago White Sox. Um, I had said that the trade was nixed by Bud Selig. And uh, Justin uh, Lamas I was one of several people uh, to point out that that was incorrect, that I'd made a mistake. So this is a retraction. This is a correction. Your pal Sully could be wrong. And if I am, I'll do my best to correct it. He says, it wasn't the commissioner who vetoed the trade. It was the players union of which Alex Rodriguez was a member who did. It was because Rodriguez was set to take a pay cut and it's nothing to do with deferred payments. You're right. I made a mistake. I remembered it wrong. And sometimes I try to do a lot of this show from memory. And that was an instance where my memory was incorrect, partly because you know, people say like I have, you know, unbridled hatred for the Astros. I don't. You have unbridled hatred to the Dodgers. I don't. You have unbridled hatred to Bud Selig. I do. Never liked Bud Selig. I thought he was bad for the game, and he firebombed a lot of things and was one of the colluding owners that helped destroy the 1994 World Series. So um, F him. But uh, you're right. I was wrong. It didn't have to do with deferred money. He was willing to take a pay cut to come to Boston. The players union said, no, you're not going to pull that off. We're not going to set a precedent for that. Okay. So uh, I stand corrected, and there you go. I'm going to read some of the uh, – I've, I've got no shortage of uh, people who are writing to me. I'm going to read, do my best to read as many of these as I can. Um, first and foremost, one of my uh, longtime listeners uh, – uh, where, where is he right here? Uh, Ewok in SD, the real Steve Fry 1, uh, read the article that the Giants – we're going to make an offer for Otani and put together the same deferment package that happened with Los Angeles. And so Ewok and SD, the real Steve for one says, now that Farhan told us the Giants offered Otani the exact same deal as the Dodgers, I expect you to call them cheaters and rant about how the Giants are ru- ruining baseball. Fair is fair. Uh, of which I replied, if I ever said the Dodgers were cheating and ruining baseball, I would see your point. Uh, I never said the Dodgers were cheating, nor have I ever said that they're ruining baseball. 
Uh, I, this is there's like a, a, and I re-listened to the episode. I did say it smelled fishy, and yeah, but your fir- my first reaction to it was it did smell fishy. That he signs this giant contract that then defers ninety percent of it as sort of a like rebranding them as the Los Angeles Tax Dodgers. Um, but uh, let's go to Broman Seven Four Dudes Nine Five. Okay, perfectly legal. Article thirteen of the CBA. Otani was just putting money where his mouth is about winning. Players Association will never remove Article thirteen. And the owners love it. That uh, if they want to do it, it's something to do with small market versus large market. It's deferred and being smart. It's no different than any rich person. Stop hating. Are accountable. Okay, I'm not hating. It was. It, it did feel weird when it happened. But you are right, bro, man. Seven four, dude, nine five. It was legal, and it is part of the CBA. And more than one article that I read. Pointed this out, and I didn't know this. I didn't know this when I had my did my gut reaction on the podcast that one of the things in the CBA said that there is no limit to the amount of money that can be deferred, and that's there. That is in the CBA, which means it is a collectively bargained agreement, and probably no one thought that someone like Otani would defer so much, especially, and and I never blame anyone to pull the proverbial Cuba Gooding Jr. and saying, show me the money, okay? I have no problem if someone says, pay me everything up front. I want everything right now. You're about to make a fortune in a way that me, podcaster, public school teacher, will never see or understand. And... I think they probably never thought anyone would do what Otani does. Otani's already a wealthy man. He was rich for what he did before he played one game with the Angels. And the amount of endorsements and uh, uh, passive income he's going to get is going to be absolutely astronomical. So he said, hey, look it, I want to play in the World Series. We need pitching. Let's defer that money. So you're right. While it did feel a little fishy, it was collectively bargained for. And sometimes you have to tip your hat to the people who say, hey, let me see how I can make this work within the rules. The advent of free agency came when several players, specifically uh, uh, Dave McNally and Andy Messersmith, challenged what was called the reserve clause, of which the owners could simply renew the previous signed contract in perpetuity and a player had no say of where they could play. Well, Messersmith and McNally didn't sign a contract. Their previous years was uh, they, they had them renewed. But when that came up for the next year, they said, we don't have a contract to renew. And they played within the rules took it to arbitration, and the arbitrator said, you're free agents because you don't have a contract. Therefore, you can sign with any team. Playing within the rules and doing something that other people don't expect worked for Messersmith and McNally back in the 1970s, and apparently is going to work for the L.A. Dodgers and Shohei Otani. 
so you're right. It is legal, and it was part of the collective bargaining agreement. And probably no one thought, um, you know, no, no one thought this was going to work out. Uh, Victor Garcia dash LG two DR said other teams don't do it because other players aren't getting the the endorsement deals like Otani is. Absolutely right. So while my initial response, as I had on the show, was of a sense of, you know, it felt strange. Do you know what? Sometimes it's strange. And you may, I may not like the rule. I may not think that it's within the spirit of putting a competitive team on the field and adhering to the luxury tax. It's within the collective bargain agreement. And I, what I have to do is tip your hat to Otani and tip your hat to the Dodgers for being creative about it. No one would have bet that a player would have done that when they did the uh, collective bargaining agreement. But hey, betting's part of the game, especially if you go to America's number one sports book, which is FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-under, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and wind down the NFL season with FanDuel, which is an official partner of the National Football League. Hey, quick reminder, Locked On is starting the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts on Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Um, You know, a lot of the stuff I got, you know, People saying that Millard was just being salty and uh, everyone needs to say, stop saying this is cheating or a loophole. That's what Target uh, TFX wrote. Yeah. I mean, it might be a loophole. You know, it might be a loophole, but it's it's certainly one that's been collectively bargained for. So um, let's, and it was, uh, and he reminded me that it was not uh, the commissioner that stopped the A-Rod, but was the Players Association. Okay. Uh, more than one person said it, and some other people are saying that I hate the Dodgers. My dad hated the Dodgers. My dad is a diehard Giant fan. And I have said that the Giants are my favorite National League team, but I don't have the same Giant-Dodger hatred the same way as a Red Sox fan uh, I have towards the Yankees. It's not the same because I live in Pasadena. I want to go to the World Series. There you go. Uh, But guess what, folks? Sorry, I'm scratching my nose. I have a little bit of an itch. You're going to have to deal with that. The the contract got a little weirder. I didn't think it could get any stranger. But um, this is according to Beth Harris and Ronald Blum of the Associated Press. And I'm just going to read part of Steve Adams' article as shown on MLB Trade Rumors that uh, he has a – Shoyotani has a conditional opt-out to controlling owner Mark Walter and 
President of Baseball Operations, Andrew Friedman. If either one of them skip town, Otani can opt out. Um, it's tough to believe anyone would want to opt out of this contract, but I'll tell you, it, it's. I think it just took a little pressure off Andrew Friedman. You know, it's kind of like the scene in Hoosiers um, when the star player that everyone loved, was it Jimmy Chitwood? Was that his name? I'm sorry, some people like Hoosiers more than me, but that he said that he would come back to playing only if Gene Hackman stayed as the coach. Uh, so I guess that Andrew Friedman is going to be the president of baseball operations uh, in perpetuity uh, as long as uh, as long as Shohei Otani is in town. So, uh, you know, good for him on that. I've never seen something like that where you, you're tied so directly to one person on the on the front office. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's strange, but there you go. Uh, I was listening to, um, Verducci was a, uh, a guest on the Rich Eisen show. And I, this is why I listened to him. And that was a big source of that interview that he did on Rich Eisen. Tom Verducci did on Rich Eisen, uh, became kind of my go-to of trying to understand what was happening here. You know, I, I admit, there are times when something happens, you want to rush to get a podcast episode on, but there's also time to take a step back and reflect, you know, so I jumped on, I got my first reactions. I got all the, the, the hosts of the lockdown shows. When I heard about the deferred money, I did a show about that too. Um, but now that I've learned a little more about it and seen some of the facts about it, Hey, they're doing it by the rules. Now, how this affects the luxury tax, I'm not 100% sure. But as I said on the other show, yes, the wealthy, big wealthy teams need to pay the luxury tax. But the teams accepting money from the luxury tax, I said, should be audited to show that they're using that money towards improving their team. To me, the bad guys are never going to be – the bad guys in baseball front offices are never, for me, never going to be the teams that spend money. It will always be the teams that are cheapskates, are the villains in my eyes. You know, the Dodgers are trying to win. That's why I'm never going to trash what the Mets or the Padres did. They tried to win. Did it work? No. I think the Mets did the smart thing to take two steps back. I think you, them not getting into some of these big free agent moves is smart. I do think the Mets taking two steps back could rebuild and do very well. But it is part of the strategy. However, Verducci mentioned something, and it, and it is true. He mentioned that doing this and you know, being able to find the ways of using the the deferring money and all this other stuff could make it so only a handful of teams could be bidding on these free agents. And he brought up that it puts in terms of the, the financial power teams like the Dodgers, the Mets and the Yankees are on a different plane than everybody else. But when he said that something dawned on me and I talked about this as, 
I was going back and forth with a bunch of Dodger fans who thought Millard was being too salty and and acting like he was too big for his britches by reminding everyone that it was the Diamondbacks and not the Dodgers in the World Series. I reminded everyone what happens during the regular season is fun. And it's what a team owes their fan base a fun summer. But what's remembered is what happens in October. And he rattled off the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Mets. In the last 20 years, in the last 20 years, those teams have combined for two World Series titles. In the last, since 2010, there have been more World Series played in Kansas City than there have been in New York. And with that, I realized a the answer to a gigantic question that came about during this fall suddenly became crystal clear. And I began to think about a line that Michael Corleone said in Godfather Part Two. It's a moment in Godfather Two when a corrupt senator was trying to shake down Michael Corleone for hundreds of thousands of dollars for his gaming license in Nevada. And Michael responded, to the to the senator i'll give you my answer now my offer is this nothing basically saying i'm not going to play your game and you're not going to beat me and i started thinking that line when the question came about what should be done about the postseason my answer is this nothing because it's the great equalizer bear with me I was having second thoughts about the postseason, especially because it became clear that it was truly favoring teams to win 90 as opposed to 100 games, to play that wild card series instead of having a week off. And I thought, you know what? You got to do something about it. And I do think there should be some tweaks. The biggest tweak that I have is that I think that there should be no off days that first week. The season ends. You the, you no need for tiebreakers anymore. The season ends on Sunday. First game of the wildcard series is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Division series starts on Thursday. So teams don't have entire weeks off. You may have two, two or three days off, but no more than that. And I also thought maybe this means you got to cut back the regular season. If the postseason is going to be this complete crapshoot, then – you know, have the season end on the first week of September. You know, cut and and go right into the postseason there, where it's not really competing with the NFL much. But no, no. Have it the way it is. Because the unfairness of one team dominating and grabbing all the superstars and the small market teams crying can be undone in three days. You don't, and this is, I and, and like, it was so clear to me because I've been saying this to fan bases. Don't worry about catching the Dodgers. 
Don't worry about playing alongside the big spenders. Just punch your ticket to the dance and take your chances. As we've seen the Phillies and the Diamondbacks in back-to-back years go to the World Series while opening the wildcard series on the road. Just get in. You don't have to beat them over 162 games. Just beat them over three. The Dodgers finished, what, 20 games ahead of Arizona and beat the snot out of them in the regular season. All, all the while, L.A. gave the fan base here, where I'm sitting right now, a tremendously fun summer. And a pretty quick October. And that's the equalizer. The equalizer is sure these teams can gobble up all these players and you can still throw a stone at those feet of clay and take them down in three days. 162 days of games of dominance was undone in three days by Arizona. I've seen the the, the New York Yankees in 1998 was they were the most complete team I had ever seen in my life and they lost teams they lost games to some terrible teams along the way. As you win 114 games, you're going to lose 45-some-odd games. Even the best teams do that. If you are saying, oh, it's unfair that the Dodgers did this or deferred that, yeah, it's unfair. And yet, all you have to do in a division series is split the first two games. And suddenly they're on their heels. That's what you have to do. Take three out of five games, and all that will be all that will be lost. The 2019 Dodgers were a terrific team. The 2022 Dodgers were on paper the single best Dodger team in the history of the franchise. And not a soul will remember that team unless you're a diehard Dodger fan. Kind of like how the 2011 Philadelphia Phillies were, I think, looking to be one of the most complete teams, maybe to potentially rival the 1998 New York Yankees. But a squirrel runs across. Carpenter throws a complete game shutout. Ryan Howard falls on a heap, and nobody remembers that Phillies team. They remember the Cardinals playing one of the great game sixes in baseball history, which is saying something. 2011. For all posterity, it will be a year for the Cardinals, even though it was dominated by the Phillies. The National League, or the, 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 the baseball will be remembered in 2023 for the Rangers, even though there was a period of time the Rangers were absolutely collapsing in September. The Astros overtook them, and the Orioles won 100 games. The great equalizer. So, lots of teams say, oh, it's not fair this, it's not fair that, in terms of their gobbling up of free agents. Hell, weren't people saying that about the Mets when they picked up both Scherzer and Verlander? And yet here we are. People are saying it about the Dodgers. And the Dodgers found a way that they'll probably, if they don't sign Yamamoto, they'll sign some other big player. They'll sign Blake Snell, the defending uh, National League Cy Young winner. But if they go to the division series against an Arizona, against a Philadelphia, against a Chicago or whomever, and they split the first two games at Chavez Ravine, oh boy, all this talk will be forgotten.
So maybe there is fairness. Besides, you don't win a championship in December. You don't win it in September. These days, you don't even win it in October. You win it in November. So we'll see who's standing. And for Dodger fans who think I'm hating on you, I'd like to see the Dodgers in it. Do you know why? I want to see Shohei Otani in the postseason. And I'm still living here, so I want to go to the World Series. Which brings us to today's trivia question. If the New York Yankees sign Blake Snell, then he will be teammates with Garrett Cole. And you would have both defending Cy Young Award winners on the same team. Here's the trivia question. When was the first time a team that had the Cy Young Award winner from one league signed the reigning Cy Young Award winner as a free agent so both Cy Young Award winners were teammates on opening day? When was the last time a season started where both the American League and National League Cy Young Award winners from the previous years were teammates? That's your trivia question. So follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm your pal Solomon at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And a quick reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with experts from the Locked On shows locally and the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Talking about deferred money and how a strange playoff system can be the great equalizer of justice. This is Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.